Welcome to Karura's weekly podcast. Thank you so much for taking your time to journey with us. We hope your spiritual life will be transformed as you listen in. We start in three, two, one. Yeah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Today is the first day as we start looking at this new spiritual emphasis campaign, Redefining Success According to Jesus. Um, And it's one that is exciting me personally very much uh, because I know what it can mean for us as we walk together with the Lord. And as we think about what redefining success according to Jesus will be like, I want you to start. I want to start by just asking you a question. Um, You know, it's just asking this question, who is it that defines success for you? You know, who is it that defines success? What, who are those people for, to whom you look? You know, when you're, when you're thinking about being a success, you think if this person says I'm successful, um, when, they, when I'm evaluated by this person and they say I'm successful, then I think I'm a success. Who is that person that, re, that, 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 that you have empowered? Because that's what you've done. In a sense, you've given them the right to declare in your life whether you're successful or not that you have empowered to to declare that you are a success write them down it could be a group um, it could be peers it could be you know people in the same industry whatever just just put down those things and then I want you to ask yourself what is it that motivated you to empower them and maybe you never thought about it maybe you've never actually thought actually I'm the one who has chosen to make so and so that powerful um, to make that choice to, to clarify to me what my success is maybe you've never thought about it and maybe you should think about it and maybe stop giving them that power to declare um, to, to, to define your life for you because this whole thing of what your success is really ultimately defines your life success is a big deal it's a big deal you know whatever it is that you consider to be a mark of success it will drive your life you know that 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 Jesus said um, where your treasure is that's where there your heart will be also Um, that definition of success that's your treasure that's the thing that you're looking for that's the treasure that you're trying to dig up and find and and you're gonna put a lot of effort into getting that success. It will drive how you live. It'll drive what you do. It'll drive what, how you live with other people around you. You know, how you treat them. It becomes actually the primary driver, the f- primary motivation of your life. You know, last year we looked at two spiritual emphasis campaigns. They were great. You know, the first one was, you know, um, made for more. And during that particular campaign, we're discovering that God has a major plan for each and every one of us. And we can join into it and we can live powerful lives as we walk, as we join together with God. And then 40 days of love, learning about real godly relationships, rich relationships that that will make a huge difference in our lives. These campaigns were great. But I can tell you something. You know, knowing all of this is really good. And there are many times that, you know, we get to learn things and we get excited about the stuff that we have learned. But if you use the same measure of success as you used before, you'll find that you'll just sort of slide back into the things that you have always done. You know, maybe you'll, you'll, you'll have some better language. Maybe you'll have better, you know, more holy language. And maybe actually there'll be some improvement in your life. But in your heart, 
what will be happening is you're trying to serve two masters. You, you know, whatever it is that, that you feel is, is success in your life and also trying to serve God. And Jesus said, you can't do that. You can't do that. You know, you're going to love one and you will despise or look down on the other. So if God is calling you in one direction or to live in a certain way or to do certain things, and in your heart you're treasuring something else, that thing that, that in you, in your own mind, will define that your life has succeeded, that makes you feel that you are successful, guess where your main efforts will be? Your main efforts will go where your heart is. So for real transformational change, for real transformation in your life, we have to clarify what our treasure is. You know, how we define success. And then we start making the choices to align our lives so that we live in a way that is consistent with this new definition of success. I really believe that everyone wants to live a successful life. Every one of us wants to have our lives. At the end of it, we look back and you say, it has been really meaningful and I have lived a life that is truly a success. And this is your opportunity. Over the next eight weeks, um, we will be looking and, and it will be your opportunity to clarify what success is and get onto that journey for true success, meaningful success in your life. Now, I grew up you know, under an amazing man, a great man. You know, my dad was, you know, he started at the very bottom. Um, even for that old culture, you know, in that old cultural setting, his, his family was relatively poor. Um, but, you know, he got into the path of education, um, started to, he embraced education and, and he performed well. And so he was able um, to get admission to a to, a, to a, the, the only upper primary school that was present in the region. Um, and actually, you know, part of his fees was paid by his sister's dowry. Can you imagine that? Um, and then through bursary, he went through high school and college. Dad was poor as he started, but he was a determined, self-disciplined man. Very self-disciplined. In his late 20s, he bought the farm that we consider home um, up to this day. It was 18 acres, which was six times what had been, you know, the ancestral portion um, for not just him, but him, his brother, his stepbrothers, and, you know, just the extended, in, a, in an extended family. And, and, you know, he was able to go on and buy others into the future. At the age of 42, he became the second head of, of Kenya's civil service, a position that he held for almost 12 years. Um, he was a great civil servant. He built a, he was a, he was an accomplished farmer. And in fact, he had so much energy. He was able to, you know, he'd be working a really busy job, but every weekend he'd be up country. He'd be going to the farms, checking out what's going on. Um, just had so much energy. And so in his life, he built a legacy of both wealth and impact on society. Um, and, and I was lucky. I was really lucky to have a father like that who actually, who really loved me and, and, you know, we had a great relationship. And I wanted to succeed like him. Not based on what he had become. I didn't want to start, you know, up here where he had, but I wanted to build a reputation and legacy in my own right. You know, you know I often didn't want even people to know whose son I was. Um, his success to me was to be recognized by other people for who I was in my own right. And, and you know, as, as an extremely competent person and rising to the top of my chosen career. But the reality is I never had his, his energy and the level of discipline.
that he had. And there's a line one one time he told me once, you know, that, that I've never forgotten. I don't know what we were talking about, what was going on. And then he said to me, you know, Gary, you're extremely clever. But the problem is, you're also lazy. Now, <laughs> in my heart, I knew he was right. And you know, I've had many people over the years, I've had many people challenge me. Actually, what they see is that I work too hard. Sometimes I'm called a workaholic. And yet I always feel I work too little. You know, and, and, and I wonder, is that, a, is that feeling a lingering fruit of what I saw as success? You know, I'm, I thank God that he has led me through this journey of redefining success, through the challenge of redefining success. I've been on it in a conscious way for more than 25 years. Um, yet it's not something that I'm over with. I still at times feel challenged. You know, I feel maybe sometimes I feel like I failed. Other times I catch myself feeling really proud, you know. Uh, maybe because I understand the, better, the Bible better than that preacher that I was listening to. Or, you know, there are more people in our church. And, you know, there are all sorts of reasons why pride can just sort of jump up. You know, I believe I've gone some way in defining, you know, in, in, on, down this journey of, of redefining success. And Dr. Omar, the writer of the book that we are looking at, um, he, he was associate pastor, as has already been mentioned, of Nairobi Chapel for several years. And, and I know the passion he has had on this specific issue. In fact, he preached a series on it here um, way back in 2003. And so, you know, writing this book in 2019, 2020, you can see how many years he's been thinking about this whole issue um, of, 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 of success. And you'll find many um, references to his experience in Kenya. I truly believe that, that we can learn a lot from him. And so we're going to be embarking on this journey. What is our overall aim? What are the things that we are hoping um, to do? Um, we have this diagram that, 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 that should be up there. Firstly, we want to identify what worldly success is, the, the regular way that people look at success. And we're going to interrogate it. You know, will it fulfill the promise that, it, you know, that, that we are thinking it will? Um, will it really make us feel our life has had meaning and, and was worth living? Or does that type of success actually result in hurt and injury? Does it harm us? Does it harm other people? Then we'll be looking at how Jesus defines success. And I want to warn you here um, that it might not be just, it might not be what you think, you know, because we will be looking to see the real Jesus, not the stories Jesus. You know, the, the truth is we carry so many misconceptions in our minds from the little stories that we have heard from the time we were in Sunday school, from Christmas stories. Um, there, there, and then there are things that we leave out when we're thinking about Jesus because we don't want to, you know, just think about, you know, what the things that he's challenging us um, to do. So we'll be looking at that. We'll be looking at what Jesus, the real Jesus calls success. And we will be doing this together in community. The Bible says, you know, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And, and really, it's true. We will learn much, much more together. We do better in actually applying the things that we learn when we walk together. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, the Bible says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. 
not giving up meeting together but encouraging one another and this is the call this is the power of walking together in community and so i want to encourage each and every one of us let's get get into um a community life group a clg get into um fellowship and walk this walk this path together with others and then as you see from that diagram there is going to be an interaction all of these things all of these three factors will continue to interact with each other there is a back and forth and that is what helps us to grow now to maximize your benefit you'll need to I want to say this right out from the beginning you need to work hard it's it's hard work you know there's there's thinking there's confronting yourself and reflecting on the things that you're learning prayer you know committing to take action and and to actually develop the good habits that you need i'm going to be depending on you to be reading the book you know to to be the ones reading from the book redefining success according to jesus because in the sermons i want to focus much more um, on getting beyond the theory to making the choices for practical living because this is where the rubber meets the road and but what i can assure you is that if you walk with us if you engage with us you will grow you will grow most of what we'll be learning um as we do this by the way will be stuff that's not new to you um you know so so we're going to well, but what we're going to do is actually be dealing with it so that we actually live it there's a lot of stuff that we know and are not living so we want to get to that place where our lives align and i know it's easier in theory than in actual application hebrews chapter 5 verse 14 gives us that challenge it says but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil it requires the constant use the working at it and you look at the next diagram the diagram on the slide you know growth requires that you that you reflect and then you act and then you reflect some more you know you you make corrections and 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 you apply those corrections you act on them and that is the way you know with this reflective way this is the way you get actually to your goal um as you repeatedly do the things that will make you excellent so let's ask this question how do you identify your own definitions of success what are some of the things that i can do to help you how can, how what can you do to help yourself identify your own Um, definitions of success and the first part is accept and acknowledge your blind spots accept and acknowledge your blind spots we all have blind spots you know there's a time my wife um, you know tried to point out to me that i am sometimes pretty aggressive um in my life and i didn't believe her in fact in my own self assessment i thought i was a very soft gentle you know uh, too soft but i should have believed her You know there's a time we were talking with um, with some of we were with some of my friends and and she just mentioned it in in the company and they laughed at me you know blind spot you know um it was you actually need the help of other people to be able to see yourself truly and then you have the opportunity to go through the windows of learning you know at the start you are unconsciously incompetent you don't know that you don't 
no. You know, and the Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You want to go out of that situation where you don't even know what you don't know and enter into the consciously competent person. I mean, consciously incompetent. Now you know that you don't know and therefore you can start looking. The Bible, Ephesians 5.14, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. You want that light into your life. And then you move to the consciously competent stage. And here you're growing in, in knowing, but you, it's a lot of work. It's, it's hard. Now that you know these things, Jesus says, you will be blessed if you do them. And so now you start practicing. You're actually doing the things until you get to the place where you're unconsciously competent, competent. You know, you, it doesn't take so much effort to live this way. This has actually trans, translated from, from, you know, pushing yourself to the place where it's you. This is your new nature. This is what you have become. You know, as we, as we read from Hebrews 5.14, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have taught themselves to distinguish good from evil. They've been practicing. It's become part of their life. The second way that you can identify your, your definitions of success is to be alert to strong feelings. Because persistent feelings are possible indicators that, the, 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 there's something there that you're looking for, something that's working internally. When you feel that strong, the, you know, strongly, you know, repeatedly, continuously, you're feeling either sad or mad or, or just feeling bad, it's a hint. That something inside you, something on the inside of us, in, in the motivational level, is being affected, is being frustrated. You know, whatever you are picturing of, a, of a, what a good life should look like, what, what success in your eyes should be, somehow it's being frustrated. And so you ask yourself, you know, what is it that, why am I reacting like I'm so wounded by this? Why is it hurting so much? When, when is it that you feel anxious? When do you feel afraid or ashamed? When do, you, when do you find yourself comparing yourself with others? When do you feel inferior or superior to other people? You know, as you just question your emotions and what, what is going on, listen to Jesus as you're doing this and work with him to get on the right path. So today I want us to look, our focus is the world's definition of success. And the passage that we'll be looking at is in Luke chapter 12, um, starting from verse 13 to 21. And someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, oh, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? And Jesus closes this by saying, This is how it will be for whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. When God looks at you, 
does he say you fool when he thinks about the things that you are chasing after let's look briefly at what jesus is is teaching in this in this parable you know the man in the parable as we 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 see there he's already rich um and he has land and by the way he didn't make the land himself this land of course comes from it comes from god and 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 then there's no hint that he did some very special things so that we he could have this huge crop this bumper crop but there it is it's a bumper crop what will he do with the surpluses he makes the decisions by himself and it's really interesting here because you know in that culture in the middle eastern culture people made decisions in community a guy like that you we should he would be expected to go start talking with his family and get some advice friends would be coming to give advice you know everybody's business is everyone's business and by the way you know anyone who's in touch with our african cultures knows that we have the same kind of situation and so a lot of you young people you start wondering you know what is all this you know and you know why are so many people getting engaged in planning this wedding you know and or or attending this funeral why why these huge numbers it's us people it's us yeah and 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 we are involved in each other's lives we want to make a difference in somebody else's life but this man he was making decisions by himself which points to a man who was alone separated from the community and by the way there's a warning right there you know the higher the wealth an individual gets very often the more isolated they get they withdraw from other people they're not sure that they can trust people and so they're just looking to themselves and and slowly get more and more isolated and this guy is socially isolated there's no one for him to dialogue with and then he makes no reference to god <laughs> he looks at this and he says this is my crop you know he's really it's 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 all about him he's not even thinking about his employees he's not thinking about giving anything some of it to the poor it's all about him even as he makes a choice to expand his business and as he's making his plans in the future for the future again you see him speaking to himself you know and and he tells us his goal for the future an easy retirement of self indulgence somehow it seems to be like he's imagining that the self is like an animal you know when he's thinking you know eat drink be merry you know it's like is animal like you know the greatest form of enjoyment is eating drinking you know fulfilling those animal cravings that that you know we read about in all these um science things that that's all that life seems to be about you know eat drink and you know your propagate your dna yeah <laughs> he fails he fails to recognize that he can't even guarantee tomorrow and jesus here is pointing out that life itself is a gift from god and as stewards there will be an accounting this guy has made a critical misjudgment of 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 himself and what he, what he really needs to do to sustain himself and actually succeed a true level of success and god's judgment of him you fool and suddenly he learns that his life his soul is on loan from god life is not a right life is a gift it is a loan to us and so jesus says so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward god jesus wants us to stop and think 
who is the ultimate owner of me of the crops that i have or the abundance that i get you know that 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 man who was who was who was asking who who caused the, jesus to say this parable the guy who was demanding more of an inheritance from his brother is being asked to look further to stop with you know to stop to start rather to start with this particular question as stewards who do not even own the lives that we that we live how does god want us to respond to use our lives and only after we after we understand this are we ready to deal with the issue between my brother me and my brother me and my sister me and and, and anybody else we are stewards of god what should we then do with the surpluses we create or that result from our work and and opportunities and we have many choices we have the choice you know ostentatious living we have the choice to use them to acquire power like guys are going to do um, during this year you know store them up in a bank and a barn and think about you know my retirement to take care of my future we get status symbols all sorts of things you know for many of us success becomes an insatiable chase for increase increase of any kind we see the abundance that we have as as pointing to how valuable we are these are the things that give us value even when what we have received is just a gift is just from others you know like that inheritance that this guy had never worked for watch out be on your guard against all forms of greed so have a look at that at that diagram um, that indicates the world's view of success a question for you do you do you see the ones that particularly appeal to you i want you to to identify the ones that you know particularly pull at your at your heartstrings and and draw a circle around each one that applies to you and remember that the idea here is not to be thinking you know uh you know so and so you know my wife that's that's her success driver or my husband that's no no it's you you know how does it apply to you in particular because those success drivers really are important they really are going to be driving your life so just circle the one that applies to you and by the way as we think about this you know what do you think is the view most christians have of success perhaps most christians define success very similar to the world we might just use different words um, or minor modifications to it but really very often even the things that we pray about and all it just seems to be so similar many of us measure success like that rich man you know possessions um you can also see other success driver in his life it was pleasures eat drink and be merry you know for for you it might be popularity you know how many likes you get on on social media um how many views you get for those of you who are in the music in the music industry you know what what is it that drives you power You know if you're behind the scenes type it would be the influence that you can have behind the scenes knowing that you have power and nobody else really knows. We all have different ways that we look at this. But the reality is they 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 don't really satisfy. You know somebody asked me, would you say that the definition of success ever changes once we get what we wanted? does it evolve as we grow older or is it the same for all ages and all of life? life stages and and my response to that particular thing is you know first of all watch this space we're going to be defining success but but in reality if we ever if we use the world's measures of success it's always just over the horizon 
you know even when you get what you thought you wanted suddenly you need more you know you reach the top and 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 find you're not satisfied as you expected and that satisfaction is so brief you know i i used to play rugby um and i you know those days mean machine was a pretty tough team and i was part of 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 two cup winning teams and and you know there's there's that excitement euphoria on the day that you've won it you raise up that cup like in it tomorrow it's what you know and you start looking for the next thing and and the next thing that you hope will will enable you to be successful so you know you keep on chasing will it really satisfy you know for example if if success for you was to get married then you got married isn't it some of you the here that that is your reality you know you got married are you satisfied forever no you know now you want a house you want children you want your children to go to a good school you want to go for that great holiday are you satisfied now no now you want that better car yeah you want that next experience and oh by the way now you want peace in your home you know so 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 goals keep on <laughs> <laughs> the thing just keeps on moving you know success when we define it in the way that the world does it's elusive you know think of bill gates you know you know he became the richest man in the world did it satisfy well he tried doing something different he tried to be the greatest philanthropist in the world you know trying to invest all his wealth in making a difference has it brought him fulfillment you know very recently we 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 heard how his marriage broke because he was looking for some type of fulfillment outside of his home outside of his money outside of charity you never stop chasing you know some people just give up and they just settle for less uh, just leave it all alone you know the the writer of the book of ecclesiastes he 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 writes about it especially the first three chapters and you see he's he's tried it all wealth projects possessions power you know counting you know how many staff do i have the size of his organization um wine women and he discovered it's all a chasing after the wind it doesn't satisfy his conclusion meaningless everything is meaningless in a sense you know you 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 may be chasing to get it all but then at the end of it you realize you actually lost it all you were looking for fulfillment and all you ended up with is emptiness jesus asked in luke 9:25 what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self Do you know that many of these definitions of success not only are they just you know wrong in terms of direction but they actually cause harm they they are destructive you know and on the on the outline there's a list of ways that the worldly that worldly success actually results in harm and so just want you to look at that list you know of the harm you suffer when you accept the world's definitions of success and think which of these ones relate to you and just circle it just circle it Um there are so many of them um there you know I'll just mention a few but you can be thinking about them and circling them you know we've already seen a number of these like like stinginess and pride you know um and isolation from that from that rich man 
there is also fluctuating self-worth depending on who you're comparing yourself with. If you're comparing yourself with someone who you think is better off um, or you're comparing yourself with somebody else, your, your self-worth just fluctuates. There's restlessness. You know, when you think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, what does it make you want to do? To move. You know, you feel dissatisfied and you want to cross over to the other side, always chasing, never resting. And guys, worldly views of success, they can harm our children and their children into generations. I was recently talking to a lady who, who just had seen this and got, got to understand it. Um, she had a daughter with disability and that, that daughter, the walking with that daughter has motivated her to help many other such children. But she mentioned how we are often driven to measure a child's success by their grades in school. You know, we push them to compete, to compare them. We compare them with other people. But given her daughter's condition, there was no way her daughter would ever really excel in school. Initially, she was feeling really frustrated. But then she made the choice. She just realized and she made this choice to focus instead on empowering her child according to her gifting, according to her strengths, rather than fret or worry about the marks. And unusually, for girls who are in their late teens and early 20s, you could really feel, when I was interacting with them, you could really feel the positive energy, the rich relationship that was there between mother and daughter. You know, I wonder how many young people have been dying on the inside, full of anxiety, you know, you know, wishing that they could be accepted for, for what they are, for who they are, empowered to do the things that they, that they love. But instead, these views of success are, are crushing those generations. And I pray that for us, it won't be that it has to be a child who has a special challenge that forces you to start reviewing the way that you look at success. Make that choice. Greed is a, is a subtle poisoner of our, of our lives. You know, um, Tim Keller is a guy who, who spoke, he's spoken many times about, about this whole issue, um, saying, you know, he's he, over his 30, 40 years um, as a pastor, nobody has ever come to him to confess that they are greedy. And I'm putting up my hand saying I'm with him. I've been a pastor now for 20, what, 26, 27 years. Nobody has ever come to me to confess, you know, really, pastor, I'm so greedy. I need, please pray for me. You know, those, those, those things are not talked about. And yet Jesus talks about greed so much. You know, so many times he raises the whole issue of, of greed. You know, he must know that it is a big deal. So maybe it's a blind spot. It's a blind spot for many of us. We're not looking at ourselves in that way. I believe also, I believe ultimately actually that the, the big threat of all these definitions is independence from God. Or we think that we are independent from God. But please remember that rich man. You know, God will call you to account. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And the opposite is also true. So that rich man... God's opinion, poor fool. Another area that we look at, you know, that very often in our, in our present time, consumerism, you know, it's part of our current world. It's, it's in our culture. It is to be expected. It's taken for granted um, for, you know, when you're thinking about success in, in this time. But it has a really dark side. It's talked about a lot. Um, in what it produces, it degrades everything. You know, it's a, there's degradation and dehumanization. You know, when we think about 
that rich man he sounds so much like the consumers of today you know <laughs> you know I, i want to eat drink and be merry for tomorrow you know we die we are you know we are always being told about this whole idea that human beings are just very clever animals and what is it that drives an animal it's consumption isn't it drink eat you know and you know perhaps perpetuate their dna and then we can add to that because we are told that we are social animals so hey you know let's have a party you know let's enjoy ourselves but is that really enough is that really enough i really believe that deep in us all of us there is this desire for meaning in the book of ecclesiastes he said god has put eternity somehow in us that we we recognize something more there's a time i remember listening to to morgan freeman i really like his action movies but in this this was not an action movie is one of one of the documentary series that he did i can't remember the specific one but probably um it's on the question of god and basically he was saying that human beings are just super evolved animals yes but still animals however he also recognized something very interesting he recognized that without the idea of a higher power and higher purpose human beings can't thrive because uniquely in order to thrive we need meaning and 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 you know we need something that is a higher purpose and and something beyond us and that just to me is a contradiction you know we are just animals and there's no god and so there's nothing and there's not there's no meaning and yet somehow we can't thrive we can't thrive unless we believe in god and unless we believe in a greater power you know i think that that's why so many people struggle with the book of ecclesiastes it's so hard to deal with this reality that everything when you really look at it it is meaningless unless you factor god in you know just just think about it now one of the things that i look at many times and i think about the the people who believe you know that matter is is all that's there um and and it's all going to break down and in the end in, 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 everything will be nothing one day so what's the point you know if matters all that all that's there then what's what does it matter you know it really there's it just means nothing what's the point of anything and so you know you find so many people in the present time who don't want any children why because eat drink and be merry you know getting kids is going to interfere with my life and what do they matter see they're just going to become dust like anybody else and that raises a question what happened to this drive to perpetuate dna that we are being told as animals we have when we reduce life to just food and experiences that we can consume a whole lot of stuff goes wrong and and you know the next slide has some of the effects of consumerism It's just so much waste food time money we deplete the earth's resources you know we are generating plastic wealth messing up um with the planet unnecessary upgrading is a waste is it's opportunity cost you could have used whatever you had to do something else economic inequality is starting to affect people um we are dehumanizing people because we look at them either as just items of production or as you know people to manipulate to serve whatever goal i have um you know mouths to put my stuff into so that they can consume what i want you know dehumanizing ourselves ultimately um because then we measure ourselves not in terms of 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 our real worth um but just just as an animal you know wasting so we are wasting our lives generating 
carbon, all these things that we have, you know, constantly in our, in our conversations, you know, the sense of entitlement that we've been convinced now we have, you know, I deserve this culture. It's, by the way, it's very recent, was done through advert, advertising, and now everybody says, don't I deserve this? Um, it's, it's just really come in. Elitism. We look down at people, we judge people on the basis of how productive or wealthy they are. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. That's our first memory verse. It's very straightforward. Very straightforward. It should be easy for us to memorize, isn't it? Well, especially when someone talks about death. You know, that, that just wakes us up, yeah? So, so I want us to say it together as our first memory verse. And you guys know how we start. We start with the, with the, with the address, then the, we say the verse, and then we do the address again. So let's do this together. Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. Proverbs 14, 12. Remember that passage. What is it that would motivate you as we come towards the end? What would motivate you to refute worldly success? What would help you to make the decisions, to make those changes and to change the path that you are going on? You know, write something down. There could be some things that have just caught your attention. Write something down. Have you seen a little bit of how those patterns of success harm you? They actually produce pain, not just to you, but to others, to the country, to the planet. And then test yourself. Are you on a path that will lead you to death or one that will lead you to life? I want to invite you onto this journey that we are embarking on today. We'll be seeing what the Bible has to say about success, what Jesus has to say about success. And you know, Jesus made an amazing promise in John chapter 10. He said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Not Kidogo life to the full. I want you to experience that kind of life. Not a life that's burdensome, not a life that, that is heading nowhere or that the goalposts just keep on moving and all you're grasping is just air, one in which you can experience true success on a day-by-day basis. And to get the most from this campaign, I want to just quickly repeat the five things that were mentioned earlier by Pastor Wallace. First of all, commit to listen to every sermon. There'll be eight sermons. We'll be celebrating what we learn on April, on, on, on April 3rd um, because I know there will be a lot that will happen. I promise you. Um, if you engage in this, your life will change. Secondly, read. Read two chapters. You know, on average, about two chapters each week of the study book, Redefining Success. Um, this week, chapters one and two. Try and get through chapters one and two um, this week. And if you don't yet have a copy, please get one. Um, commit to walk in community. So if you're not yet in a small group, just get into a CLG and be part of your CLG meetings and activities. There's a, there's a phone number if you need to connect, get that. Um, in the CLGs, you'll be meeting to discuss, you'll be meeting to understand what the, the different things we are learning, what we individually and then together might be thinking that we want to apply. And then we help each other to put these things to practice so that this translates into our lives. And we pray for each other. We encourage each other. Hebrews chapter 10, 24, I already read it before. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, but encouraging one another. We need community. 
It helps us to get going. And then number four, you need to memorize the weekly memory verse. It helps to clarify the truth that you have learned. You know, this week, I hope it encourages you to test. Are you on the right road or are you on the wrong road? You know, test, test your pattern of success because there is a way that appears to be right. But in the end, it leads to death. And then commit to doing. Commit to doing the things that you are learning. The blessing is in the doing. Guys, worldly success is like cancer. Very often we don't see what it is doing, the effect that it's, the impact that it's happening in our lives. But it's inside there, it's sinister, it's deadly. You know, and a patient of cancer needs to accept the diagnosis before they will accept the treatment that they need. We begin, guys, by identifying our blind spots where we are unconsciously incompetent. Then we become consciously incompetent. We are aware and we can start working on the things that we need to know. And we get to the place where we are consciously competent, working on those things. As Jesus said, now that you know them, you'll be blessed if you do them. And the more you do them, you get into that unconsciously um, competent person that is living this new life um, that is defined in a new and powerful way. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. The Bible says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. In order to fulfill his good purpose. God designed you for a purpose. He designed you on purpose. And your true success will be found as you walk within that purpose and within your design. And right there we have an amazing promise. God will work in you and he's going to work with you. You open yourself up to God. He will deal, he will help deal with those inner motivations and and help you beyond just the simple knowing of stuff to where it becomes the actions of your life. Your life gets translated into something new and powerful towards true success. So pray and invite him in. Connect with Jesus and receive his help. He will help you on this journey. So let's just close by doing that. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I just thank you for each and every one of us. And I pray for us, those present here, those who will hear us now, um, or who are online, those who will hear later on in different ways. Father, I pray that you will help us to get onto this journey and that you will give us that clarity of what true success should look like. And you will enable us, work in us to will and to act according to your good purpose. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.